Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I might go straight into this. I was going to break the ice a little bit to introduce you guys to me because sometimes that helps. And I was going to have a really good story around a fight at McDonald's that happened right after I preached an amazing message about worship. My, you know. You guys, this is a real deal, okay? So we were in a McDonald's line late at night. Sometimes your pastors have to go to McDonald's, okay? Because it's late at night. We have no other choice. We have our kids in the car. We have a four and a five-year-old. And you know, the line was long. We were hungry. And then there was this guy who's in this car, you know, this little kid or whatever. <sighs> I'm still frustrated. He was trying to get in the line. He was trying to cut. And this line is big. You know, there was a gap because we were like being patient waiting over here. And then once the line moves up, we're going to come up, you know. Anyway, so we're trying to get in the line of McDonald's. We are in it. We're trying to order our Big Macs. And uh, this kid tried to, tried to cut us. Yeah, no, so I rolled down the window after I preached about worship and devoting our life to God. And we said, hey, yo, you're, you're cutting, you know? We, we're in line first, you know? And then, and then my husband opens his door. I'm driving. My husband opens his door, and then he, he yells out like this, Yo, you just cut, dude. You tried to cut in front of all these people. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. I was praying, you know, that he doesn't have a gun. And, you know, this whole thing, what is happening? And so then, um, you know, we get up. And then because of my husband's arguments, we, we got in in front. But I was at the point where I had my window rolled down. And I was like, yo, we're in line for a Big Mac. Do we really want to be fighting in a McDonald's line over a Big Mac? I don't think so. But then we still, my husband pressured me to go forward and to, you know, because he's a man of principles. He's a man of principles. He's a man of protection. He was protecting all of us in line because we really wanted our Big Mac. Oh, man. And then I was there, and then I was, like, wanting him to go. And then when we got up, I'm like, um, Matt, can we just pay for his meal? No, we're not going to pay for his meal. <laughs> anyway, that was my opener to myself. So I would like to say in that story, in conclusion, I'm a woman of wisdom, I feel. <laughs> and my husband is a man of, you know, principles, protection, passion, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, we're the Salt Lake City campus pastors. <laughs> All right. So since we've been campus pastors, um, I've had some values that change, that have changed. I, I have gotten better with my eating habits since the Big Mac whole thing. However, um, but 
I feel like some values have changed. Before we were campus pastors, I was really hungry for miracles, and I was really hungry for, um, you know, healing and all that good stuff, which it's very good stuff. That's amazing. But there was something that changed in my uh, value system where I started to value people having a devoted life to Jesus beyond anything. A devoted life. Because what I saw is that people who were getting healed, literally getting healed. We thank God for Rex Crane, right? He comes through and, you know, a person's hip gets healed. And then all of a sudden, you know, they hear something and they're gone from the church, you know? Like, what? You just got healed. Didn't you see? God is so good. Left the church. Um, so that's a, that. And then uh, other just healings and miracles, and they just peace out. But then there's people who have a devoted life that actually I see their miracles sustained. And I believe that's the type of Christians, type of followers that Jesus is trying to build in his church. People who are devoted to him, that through high or low, you're there. You're there in faith. You're ready to go. Your mindset is set high. Your actions speak for itself. You're up there worshiping God with all your heart. You're a devoted Christian. So the title of my message tonight is called Costly. Costly, a devoted life. So what is a devoted life going to cost you? Devotion has the highest worth in my opinion. And he rewards those who diligently seek him. So it's not that we're just trying to be, you know, hardcore, diligent, you know. We can be, a, we have that belief, we have the faith that God rewards us through thick or thin. Hebrews 11:6. without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'm going to go straight into point number one. A devoted life will cost your obedience. A devoted life will cost your obedience. I didn't give the team um, this whole scripture because I'm kind of jumping around. But recently I read about Isaac in the Bible. So that's uh, Abraham's son, Isaac. It's in Genesis 26. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Whenever you see Philistines in the Bible, those are the bad guys. So, like David and Goliath, Goliath was a Philistine. So, it represents bad. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Why did he say, Don't go down to Egypt? Egypt, they're in a famine. Egypt is the land flowing with milk and honey, it's easy there. It's awesome. It's, you know, I'm getting my filtered drink of water there. I'm, you know, my business is booming in Egypt. He's telling you, God is saying, don't go to Egypt. Dwell in this land. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all these, things, these lands. 
And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your, in, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed, it will cost you your obedience. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws, so Isaac, Isaac was like, all right, I'll dwell in Gerar. I'll dwell here. I won't go to Egypt. Okay, I'm skipping down a little bit in Genesis 26. It says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. In the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Oh, you guys know your Bible. That's so good. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. They stopped up his wells. Isaac dug again the wells. And then the Lord um, appeared to him and said, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear. I'm with you. I will bless you. Multiply your descendants. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there. Okay, so there's a famine in the land. I want to go on this a little bit because what's the title of this point? A devoted life will cost you your obedience. There's some times in your life where God will tell you to stay in a famine. He'll tell you to stay. He's telling you to stay in a dry desert land. There's no wells there. They're all, they're all clogged up. And he's telling you to stay in that dry land. I'm wondering who has a dry season right now in their life that God has told them to continue to stay because what was the last thing I told you? I told you to do this. I told you to obey. I told you to stay because I will bless you. That's faith. That's, that's standing on a promise, a rhema word. We believe in this church that God speaks to us individually. When we go to church conference, we expect some things that we're going to get breakthrough in because God spoke to you all individually. We're waiting on a breakthrough, but it's a dry land. And so desperately do you see Egypt over there. It's like that carrot on a stick that's just taunting you. I want to go there. I want to go to the place that's easy. You look to your neighbor and you say, man, look how blessed they are. Look how easy life is. But I'm called to stay here and obey? Yes. Obedience in the famine, in the cost, obedience, stain. Do you have some stain power? Isaac, stain in famine. But did you catch the good news that was in there that in the same year he reaped a hundredfold? In the same year he reaped a hundredfold. I'm telling you that there's breakthrough in this house tonight. If you've been stained in obedience, if you've been stained in a dry land, in a famine, that there is a hundredfold blessing, a hundredfold reward in your obedience, says the Lord. Amen. Okay, point number two, a devoted life will cost you your trust. So you can stay, 
Great, so I'm staying. But do you trust God? I want to read Galatians 5:22 through 23 to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish because the rest of the fruit is really, like, attractive. You know, I, I'll finish for some of you who don't know. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Long-suffering. But the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Who is doing like a mastermind class and I'm going to 10x my long-suffering? <laughs> Maybe you will after this message. I don't know. But that is a fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. That's what Isaac had to do in the famine. He didn't see his promise, but he held on to faith, and he held and he stayed in the long suffering with God. Do you trust him in the long suffering? What I'm talking about in the long suffering is how is your heart posture? That's what I'm talking about with trust. So sure, maybe a lot of you are in this room and you're like, yeah, I've been in this dry season a long time. Okay, after point number one, I'll give myself a pat on the back because I'm staying. Yay. But where's your smile? Where's your spirit? Where's your hallelujah, God? Where's your passion? Where is your trust? Where is it? I think tonight some people are going to get their smile back. Some people are going to get their spirit back, a passion back. God doesn't want you to stay in that famine and dry land with a heart that is closed off to him and sitting in the back. He wants you to have a heart posture that is a heart posture of faith, that trusts him. Some of you in your trial right now, are you telling yourself daily, no, God is for me. He's not against me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. He is a good God. He turns all things together for good. Do you believe that? He turns all things together for good for those who love him. All things. So no matter what you're going through, don't have your hands crossed and sitting in the back and on a lawn chair in your dry famine land. Get up and have a happy face and a great spirit on you. Lift your hands and praise God because that's where your faith is. That's where your trust is. That's where your knowing is. That's who you know. God, this is the character of God. You are my God and I love you and I follow you. And this thing is going to turn around. Point number three. And I really hope this will be good. You prophesy at the beginning, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. Point number three, a devoted life will cost you your worship. It will cost you your worship. John 4, 23. This is really good. You guys should write this down. John 4, 23. It says, but the hour is coming and now is. But the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers, someone say true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. 
I'm going to say this again because some of you got caught up in a lot of my pauses and my repeats. So John 4.23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. True worshipers. I, I believe and I declare that when, when God is looking to and fro in all the earth, he narrows his eyes down to awaken San Diego, to awaken San Marcos, to awaken Bresci, to awaken Salt Lake City. And he's saying, those are my kids who are true worshipers. They worship me in spirit and in truth. No matter what the facts may say, no matter what the doctor reports may say, they stand on my word in truth. They worship me in spirit and truth. They are declaring spirit and truth. They are worshiping. Are we true worshipers? He's seeking such to worship him. I was thinking of Paul and Silas, and they're just crazy. Paul and Silas are true worshipers. Like they got, um, you know, they got accused of something, got sent into jail, and they're in this dungeon with, um, it was like, you know, when your feet get like locked in. I've never seen that, but that's what I read. <laughs> Can't go anywhere. Um, so, so they're in this dungeon, they're in this place, and what are they doing? They're worshiping. They're singing hymns, and it's not even like just any worship song. Like, I kind of wish we had awakened music for them back then, you know? But they're singing hymns to God. They're worshiping him. They don't care what their circumstances. They don't care what prison they're around. That's not going to dictate how they worship. That's not going to dictate their mindset. That's not going to dictate their obedience to God. It says that at midnight... On the hour, there was a violent earthquake, and then the doors of the prison walls were opened. Now, here's why they're crazy. I would have ran my little butt out <laughs> of jail to get saved, you know, find some shelter, relieve my little ankles from being tied up too much. But they stayed. They stayed. They stayed. So then the jailer took out a sword thinking, okay, now I'm, I'm going to die because all my people surely have ran out. But I think because of their uh, closeness to God, because they, they're connected to him. See, what worship does is it puts you in a vehicle to access the presence of God. It puts you in a vehicle to quickly access some breakthrough. Our song, my worship is my weapon. Oh, that was good. Weapon. Um, <laughs> that's what we all should be singing. And so that was their weapon. And they stayed because God said, you know, your worship, it wasn't just about you in the, in the prison gates. It was about the people that were hearing you, that were impacted by you. Their hearts were starting to open. Salvation was busting out in the prison walls. Whatever prison you're in, there's people who are looking to you. What's your worship? What's your worship? There's salvation around you. There's, there's a power in your testimony. There's a power in your praise. The worship changed that gel and people got saved. 
because of worship. And it wasn't just the people, the other people in prison that got saved. It was the jailer that got saved. How good is that? The person who is lashing you, could it have been the same guy that was lashing them? Said that they got lashes on their back? Did Paul and Silas hear God say, I don't care what they did to you, but I want you to stay in worship because their whole family, their destiny, their legacy is gonna get, is gonna get saved and changed and transformed because of your worship. I want you to stay. How devoted are we that we're not leaving our prison walls and we're staying for people that God sees? Amen. All right. So here's what I wanted to do tonight. Uh, offering. John Day opened it up with an offering, and I felt like that was prophetic for tonight because, and I can get the worship team to come up. And I feel like tonight we can offer God something so special and significant. If some of you are in that prison or in that famine, in the dry, weary place, did you not know that your, your worship is gonna be the most costly to God that you can never give him? This is the time. And yeah, maybe some of you, it's not obvious that you're going through something, but you've played it over and over and over and over in your mind too long. Maybe you're good at having a smile on your face, but still you have the whisper and the holdup, the setback in your mind. And God wants to break you free from that. He wants to give you a restart, a recharge. Our worship can be the most costly thing that we give to him tonight. I wanna see this place set on fire in a, with passion. When I go to Lofty, I wanna see other people opening up their Bible and getting pumped. Last time I was at Lofty Coffee and the person who worked there was like, oh my gosh, you're reading out of James? I love James. And I'm like, oh, you're a Christian in Salt Lake? We, you know, uh, we're getting more and more, you know, believers. <laughs> So tonight, can your worship be an offering to God? I don't wanna pray for you tonight. I want tonight to be a decision that you make to Him. I want you to come up, this is the altar, and I want you to give an offering of yourself that is so precious to Him that it makes heaven stand silent where they see a, a, a whole, crowd of people on the altar worshiping him with their whole life giving their all to him again i'm not going to hold myself back anymore i'm not going to live in a setback it's time for me to come forward it's time for me to renew it's time to me to get the fire back it's time for me to get the smile back it's time for me to worship to Because that's our cause. 
We want to give you our all, no matter what trial I am facing. We want to give you our all. But God is so good. He's a God who rewards. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. I'm tired of people living a setback life. Enough is enough. Give your all to him again. Watch him do a miracle in your life. Watch him give a breakthrough to you. Watch him return to you a hundredfold. Give your all to him tonight. I believe marriages are going to be restored tonight. I really felt that. Relationships. Some of you, I was, I was thinking of the woman of the, at the well. She was trying to find, she was going to and fro with all these men in her life. And then she found Jesus. She drank from the living water and never was the same. Come on, no setbacks tonight. No setbacks tonight, thank you, Lord. God, I declare your presence in this place. God, worship is our vehicle to break through tonight. Worship is the vehicle to your presence, to your goodness, to your glory. I pray, God, God, we declare, we see it, that your presence falls in this place, that chains are broken off tonight in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, for a fresh start, a renewing. God, we give you our all. We give you our worship. We give you the worth, how costly it is to worship him. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.